Movie Mavericks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Movie Mavericks. Speaking of fucking long, uncut European cocks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason and Trevor. I can't wait. Hey now, everybody. Welcome to episode 281 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson. I'm going to send you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. On today's episode, we'll be doing the box office ace prediction for... The Transporter, Refueled, that's the reboot they uh, got coming out this weekend. Got a little bit of trivia for you. We'll talk about Wes Craven's passing this evening. That's uh, very sad news coming out of Hollywood tonight. As well as the Minions passing $1 billion globally and Terminator 5 turning into its success now because of China's popularity of it. But anyways, movie reviews. Man from UNCLE, Hot Pursuit, Taken 3, Ex Machina, and The Bad Pack. Yeah, we threw that one in there. Also, trailers for The Challenger, Scout's Guide, The Zombie Apocalypse, Z for Zachariah, Love the Coopers, and The Final Girls. But first, let's get into our box office ace game. It's not a question of enough, pal. It's a zero-sum game. Somebody wins, somebody loses. Let's play the HSX.com box office prediction game. Boo. I screwed up this weekend. Did I didn't you? do very good. What did you do? I, I should have flip flopped. I don't even know the numbers. I should have flip flopped. No escape, and we are friends. You didn't. Well, I don't. You, welcome out of your hole. So push <laughs> the rock over. Let me tell you what's going on over here with the rest of the world. What's we are your friends. Opened up in twelfth place with like one point seven million. Um, utterly tanking and shitting the bed, as we say here. Uh, and, and no escape did around eight to nine million, and I had no escape shitting oh. the bed, and we are your friends doing that. So I, I got them inversed, if you will. Yeah, I had eleven for we are your friends. Oh yeah, you took and the proverbial thumb in the ass. So um, <laughs> I had six for no escape. Still, that's on the high end. Yeah. So this weekend was a, a fluke. One of the hmm. lowest grossing weekends of of the year, if not the lowest grossing I weekend. Was a fluke. What movies came out? No Escape. <laughs> I can't believe No Escape made what it made, and that We Are Your Friends was deserted by everybody. So, Zach Efron really needs to prove himself I in a movie soon uh, to to justify. We can his believe it. Come on, billing. You know it's true. His billing. What billing? Top billing in movies, and you're opening People... up at one point seven. I mean, Liam Neeson. If we Liam are Neeson. your friends. Liam Hemsworth is opening <laughs> movies bigger. Yeah, and they're going straight to DVD. <laughs> and they're still opening bigger. <laughs> uh, what do we got this week? The Transporter Refueled, starring He's refueled. some starring no, don't, the guy don't, don't talk about it. I don't, don't know. know. No, it's not him. This doesn't look very good, and it's only opening in twenty five to twenty. I think it looks. Streets. This looks fantastic as a straight to DVD movie. <laughs> you know, there's a which there's is a the same I, show now. The same thing I think of it, I'm not. It, and there's even two seasons, right? There's another season. Is there really two seasons already? My I goodness. think so. Uh, that means there's people watching this, so I don't want to defend them when we talk or about this. it's just this, cheap but, enough. Well, I don't know if that translates into a movie. This is like what, like the Highlander TV show running with the Highlander series kind of going at the same time? With different <laughs> people in different universe happening at the same um, I wonder if they have like a, a meeting at one point, the TV guy and this I mean, guy. this looks like fun, but, you know, for home. Uh, this is a lazy Saturday afternoon movie when it rains, but this yeah. is not, let's get out of their uh, house to see. I would agree. I'm, I'm going six million on this one. Um. Uh, well, damn. I put you behind. Okay, then. Um, I'll. Uh, well, damn. <laughs> Today, Junior. Okay, then I'm gonna go four. Oh, really? 
you, you think this looks fantastic? You're gonna go for no for for me, yeah. I, I think know, this I, looks I, good for, for me if I watch it at home. Um, you know, when there's nothing left in the queue. Yeah, absolutely nothing left. Which in is the queue. Fan, which it looks great for that. So this I, will sit on my Netflix queue for, for the next three years, and I'll skim past <laughs> yes. it and go. I should watch that. And I, you know, we should have movies of every genre and quality. I strongly believe that, so I welcome it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching this in 2018, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, we're about to talk about the Bad Pack later on, all right? So, yeah, it's true. That's just the, yeah. <laughs> all right, that's the lone uh, wide release this weekend of Labor Day weekend. So, uh, we just got that one for the game. Go to Box Office Ace and get in the game. It's not too late to get in because the year is coming up to an end. We got, what, like 13 weeks left in the year, which is it's kind of scary there. But um, oh. still, game is tight, pack is tight, play to win each weekend. You can do it. Moving on to trivia. Everybody knows Fight Club, right? This is the infamous Fight Club rules. Never heard of it. Well, exactly. Then you're following the first rule of Fight no Club. No one seems and to be talking about it. Fight Club. Everybody knows that. But what is the last rule of Fight Club? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. Well, the, hmm. That's, that's a good one. Well, those were, those were what? The first two rules, right? Or were those right. first three? Uh, no, those are the first two. Right. And then there's a third. There's a third. And is the third the last one? I don't believe so, no. No, so there's more than three. I want to say that there's five total. But I can't recall four. Well, I don't know. If there then is. There's a the last, last one? The last uh, rule of Fight Club is if it's your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Oh, you have to fight. That is right. And whenever somebody throws... What were the throws, other ones? Uh... You know, I'm going to have to go back every watch. <laughs> I'm just going to Google it right now. All right. Well, that's the great uh, equalizer there, <laughs> Mr. Google. <coughs> Excuse me. I got a damn frog in my throat and a duck in my ass. Okay. But, um, so you don't talk about Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club. If someone says stop or goes limp, taps out, the fight is over. That's the third one. Holy shit, there's eight rules, dude. The fourth rule is only two guys to a fight. This is all true. I remember all this yeah, as I, I read I, it. I, exactly. Fifth rule, one fight at a time. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. The seventh rule is fights will go on as long as they have to. And then the eighth rule is your first night of Fight Club, you have to fight. It's interesting that you do. You remember all that, though, right? I remember Tyler Durbin saying every single one of those lines. I can almost see the shots in my head. Yeah, I know. As it's going down, I know. (laughs) That Fincher imprint, you know? Um, But... The the, hmm. the whole whatever somebody throws at me like the you know first rule of Fight Club is this I go what's the last rule of Fight Club I don't know. Well, well now you can ask him what's the seventh what's exactly. the sixth what's the fourth what's the fifth. <laughs> Think you have commandments I have rules of Fight Club. <laughs> Instead of a John three three sixteen sign we should have like a what is the sixth rule of Fight Club. You got an FC eight R. There you go. Well that's a good trivial question then today. Finally I got one that you didn't know even he's been good lately on the trivia. Been, uh, you've been hanging in there tough. I didn't get this one, but yeah. Let's move on. Let's talk about something that's been uh, All right. in the news a lot this week, and that is that the Minions has passed $1 billion at the global box office. And while that's being celebrated <sighs> because Universal is having a stellar, <laughs> unprecedented run. A banner year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, is this such a great thing? Because mm. I saw Minions, but really Inside Out is the better movie. And that's kind of, I feel, gotten lost but in the wake somehow. Pixar has been having that problem lately where they're, they've been doing things on the, on the fringe 
that are really great and really different. And that's always been Pixar. And when they were the only game in town, everyone went to it, but it's not very commercial. Minions is far more commercial than Inside Out. Considering that it's a, it's a spinoff of an established... Considering movie. there's no, nothing to think about, um, it's probably it's still fun. I haven't seen either one, but it's still fun um, to watch, I'm sure. And, uh, and it's easy, right? And it's for littler kids, really. It is. It's less challenging, that's for sure. Yeah. It's just more commercial. It probably translates a little bit easier in other languages, uh, too. You know, I, I imagine because this is we're talking globally here. Yeah, well, it's, it's not made... as it's not as cerebral, right? It's 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 more um, slapstick, probably comedy and, and such. Yeah, I mean, so I'm just saying. Ultimately, I don't think this is such a great thing that the Minions is making all this money because this is... Inside Out is the one that deserves <laughs> a lot more attention. That's what always happens. And I hope that it, it does happens. get this attention in the Oscar category and that um, it, it's at least discovered because I think it Minions are, are, are – I have nothing wrong with the Minions. I think they're, they have their place, but uh, I just think that Inside Out, it's a shame that – You think – you, you find that Minions have their place? I do. I think that their kids respond instinctively, instinctively to them. I think that they're slightly amusing in a Three Stooges kind of antics way in some of their. What about what, how do you feel about Gimps? Um, I they, don't know. Do they have a place or? <laughs> My Gimps only have a place in Zed's uh, basement <laughs> as pawn shop. <laughs> Close the doors and call. So your uh, minions okay? Gimps are no go. Gimps are on the fringe for me. Okay. I don't know. Bruce Willis told me don't do it. But he got uh, fired. He did just get released from. Did you hear that about Woody Allen thing? And he's been. This kind of resurfaces his uh, hard to work with demeanor, I guess. Or uh, strangely enough, they replaced him with Steve Carroll. It's an odd switch. Yeah, which is weird, right? But it is a Woody Allen movie, so I, I, I imagine um, not necessarily cast for brawniness, right? Not that Bruce Willis is really a big guy, but. He was probably he he used to, I mean moonlighting right so he he's got a fast uh, mouth to him. He used to, but I think he's such a lazy yeah he's got <laughs> very like eh. <laughs> he's just got a I don't give a shit demeanor. I'm not really sure when that happened. I want to say this started around 2003. Um, definitely, I think Die Hard Five broke his back. I think that was the proverbial straw <laughs> that broke the camel's back. But. I do also think that he has the the juice to if somebody gave him a shot again, like a Tarantino. Mm-hmm. But has it any high really hard actor to work been with, fired as many right? times as Willis? I mean, this guy has got a terrible resume. And S- Kevin Smith wrote a whole like memoir thing, Stallone part of his book them. about it. Uh, yeah, Stallone said similar thing. I mean, it's, it's really kind of coming to a head where people are being verbal about it at least now, right? It, it was kind of hidden before. Had problems with them. On yeah, on Inter- Tears of the Sun. Uh, Tears of Sun yeah. Uh, I mean, you talk about our, a guy we both really like, director of Live Free or Die Hard. Um, Len Wiseman. Steve, Len Wiseman, thank you. He had Damn also killed him. <laughs> uh, working with this guy. So uh, I, I think he takes a strong – I read once that Marlon Brando had this trick of doing a scene, his first scene or two scenes with a director on the first mm-hmm. day somewhere. And he would do a take that he really invested in himself with. And then he would do a take where he was bullshitting. And he said this in his biography – and he said that if the director couldn't tell which one was which, he would just wing the whole movie. And I swear yeah. to God, I feel like Willis does the same thing. He does and, seem to be seem the same have that same kind of Brando, full of himself, like just sitting there, like I'm better than everybody. Well, <laughs> like like you all should be happier in a movie with me. Exactly, Aura. You know, it, it really he's become a joke of himself, and um, 
it, it just it's it's sad because you want to see him age into the kind of thing that like maybe Harrison Ford has done or some projects. But Willis has always rebounded, so you can't count the guy out because. Well, I still like him on the screen. I, you know, I he's he's fine there. He just he does come off as kind of an asshole. He always has though. That's so, been part of his every man. Appeal, and it's kind of some of yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of the charm, but it's lost. It's very different watching Die Hard and, and Moonlighting, especially, obviously. But even the, the first Die Hard, you know, yeah, there was cockiness there, but it wasn't, um, I don't know, it just wasn't, he wasn't so reserved to it, you know, like it, I don't know, like now he just is cocky. He just feels like a prick on screen all the time. <laughs> I can't explain it. <laughs> Neither can I, but the there's, a, there's a big difference between old Bruce Willis and new Bruce Willis. It's been a long time, really, since he headlined a movie that was in a theater. Last one that comes to mind is Red Two, and that was an ensemble God, piece. He has uh, two years. He's ago. done a lot of cameos, but maybe that's part of, uh, you, you know, I mean, the reason why is because he's such a pain in the butt to work with. People are he's willing to take a job, um, obviously being overpaid to work, you know, to be ten minutes in a movie. And I think right. he's also doing these B movies because he can work with low level directors that he can boss around, and they're in. Um, he doesn't have to be on set album. very much. I'm sure the producers will be like, "Oh, we got Bruce Willis. Give him whatever he wants for his, you know, two days on set, so we can put his name on the movie." Yeah, I, you know, I gotta say that because he's doing the whole Seagal deal where he pops up. It's badly ADR. He's got the shots that don't match because he won't do any reshoots and things like that. And I understand if you're you don't want to go back to Romania where you're shooting these things, but it's part of the job to complete mm -hmm. it. And you got to give it up to John Cusack, who continually uh, appears in these superior oh, and Nicholas Cage. Images. I would say and Nicholas Cage, Nicholas and they're Cage actually. Well, yeah. Um, they doing the do work. Yeah. yeah, they make the movie to where it's at least even if, it's if a the shit movie's movie, it's bad. A fucking movie. But they can, do the work. Yeah. I can see you. You're not hiding in a shadow like Seagal. I can understand you because you don't have your voice dubbed by some other actor who sounds like you. Uh, so I appreciate that. I want to send that. That's out to why Cage I always give. Uh, yeah, and no matter how bad I might think some of those movies are, and some of those Cusack and Cage movies are actually pretty decent. Um, I'll give them a shot anyway because I know at least they're gonna be front and center and you know be act doing something do the work yeah i mean i think that cage is just as eccentric on screen or in off screen as willis has ever been but seems like less of a prick yeah. <laughs> maybe just as egocentric, <laughs> he's just weird less of a prick. Yeah. that's all right we're all uh, a little weird like dracula and victor frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> there's oh, some casting boy. for you right there all right, what's this about Wes Craven passing away today? About so unfortunate. You texted me today and said uh, Wes Craven died, and you kind of just shot my whole night down. I know. When I read it, I was like, oh, man. Because you thought, I at least thought maybe, you know, a couple more movies were in him. I didn't realize he, seemed he to love working. They kept this very. They kept it quiet, I guess. But uh, a lot of people do, especially with something like uh, he had brain cancer, apparently. So that seems to be. Stuff that people, but he wanted to keep working, you know. So it makes sense if you want to keep working, you keep it quiet. Don't want to appear sick, and that just seems like such cruel irony because yeah. he was such a smart and cerebral man, and uh, a lot more uh, intelligent than people give him credit for. This guy was, was a, I believe, he had a degree in psychology and um, was a professor for many years. And this, he mainly his movies often were not a reflection of his own. I don't know. He wasn't uh, like a macabre person or anything like that. He was just he seemed always very soft spoken and kind of bemused. That he, he was kind of popularity. creepy. I, I, I thought he was. That, he seemed, I thought, always thought that was part of his charm of him being. You thought he was creepy. I think he was more. 
Like John Carpenter to me is more blue collar, like <laughs> like Doc Worker, like the guy at the bar who's smoking a cigarette and telling you a creepy um, like, I mean, horror story. Do- now Wes Craven to me seems like a guy who's like conducting a symphony. John Carpenter is damn near Doc somebody. Brown at this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a mad scientist. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I, I mean, he, Wes Craven did have that, you know, he'd sit back, almost kind of like a Hitchcock thing where he'd speak very lowly and then he could have, and it was, he could be a little creepy. I would say Wes Craven but it was fit. a little bit more delicate and fine-tuned. And I think his movies reflect that, too, over Carpenter's. Some of them. And I like them both equally because <laughs> I think they both have um, good movies and terrible movies in their canon. Yeah. Um, so I, and I never you know, really compared and contrasted the two of them. I just thought of them as, as Well, peers. they both worked. Uh, I mean, to, in order to do that and to be someone who has really great movies and really bad movies and everyone still likes you regardless, you definitely have to be working outside of – more or less the studio system. They both kind of did. They both very much were independent of, of anyone else. You know, no one really, it never really felt like anyone was ever getting in their way. I got to say too, that I think the most underrated Wes Craven movie is new nightmare, which is Wes Craven. It it's fantastic. A scream before scream. Exactly. We don't have, you don't get scream if you don't have new nightmare before it, which is the yeah, first well, self-aware yeah. horror film that I've ever seen. I saw it in a theater. I, I kept raving about it. It got great reviews. Nobody went and saw it. I don't understand it. It was the lowest grossing nightmare movie. It still plays. I watched it last uh, last October. I looked at it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's slightly dated in, in a couple ways here and there technology-wise, but um, it, it, like the cell phones obviously are 94. But uh, it's really it, it's creepy and it's cerebral and it's mm-hmm. it's really really well balanced and acted by its cast of all familiar actors and you got Robert England talking about him having nightmares about Freddy and it's just it's it's kind of creepy the whole thing's done so fucking creepy that movie. Um, yeah, I agree. I like that one a lot. What about People Under the Stairs? You like that one? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's kind of corny, right? I know it's it's not necessarily. I like I can I can appreciate it, but I don't know that. Um, it's necessarily really scary. Yeah. And it's really, that one feels, whenever I watch it, that one always feels like it's only an hour. Cause the good it feels shit. so short. Cause the good shit only happens in the first <laughs> hour. And then like it's basically a chase movie around the house. That one feels very like a studio set to me. Um, and yeah. I think the, the strangest one, uh, the, well, I'll tell you the, the most oddball one I've ever seen in his, his catalog was one that, uh, my aunt took me to see when I was a little kid. I was about 10 years old and it's still, I, I, it's so weird to me with Shocker. That's, yeah, that's Shocker is weird. Horace Pinker, the guy who gets uh, shocked. Peter yeah, Berg's in that. That was a weird, weird idea. Movie. I remember seeing the trailers for that as a kid, just thinking, that's that's so weird. They were just trying we to find another way. To it's not scary again. It's like, you got a Freddy Krueger running around? Well, I got Horace Pinker. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, Shocker. Um, and they did that idea much better with Fallen, the Denzel Washington movie, years later. But um, I think his... his craziest movie is the serpent in the rainbow which is fucking which is a good movie though yeah Yeah. it is but it's it takes some getting used to i think that to me i compare that one to carpenter's prince of darkness which i'm a huge fan of darkness so good yeah um because they're both very just they're kind of on like the 80s were the fringe again but they are on the fringes but that's what yeah that's what made them great though right they they took a chance and those are both notorious failures in the same year i believe um they would do good yeah but i think that those you know, yeah, you're right. But there's a difference between being a, like a monetary failure and be, and you know, failing as a movie. Those I think really worked as movies, regardless of of in their time or not. But they've they've stood 
the test of time, right? They both last. People who love film will be talking about those movies. Agreed. Oh, yeah. I mean, look what we're doing now. And it's just yeah. ironic because in those years, you look at the franchises that they started, the Halloween and Nightmare franchises were like in their zenith and just, you know, pumping out sequels every year and making great profits for the new line and mm-hmm. whoever owned um, the Halloween franchise at that time. That's changed hands more times than <laughs> a fucking quarter in your pocket. But uh, yeah, this- she's just working the corner at this point. Yeah. I mean, the Halloween franchise has been bought, sold, bought, sold. It's like it's worse than. Artisan Carlico handovers. Yeah. It's it's bad now. I think there's about nine different variations and box sets you can get of that. Um, but yeah, so Wes Craven, you know, sad to hear of his passing, but uh, his movies are out there. So get a take yeah, a look. Great legacy. Yeah, great legacy. What else are we talking about here? Oh, let's talk about China turning Terminator Five, Terminator Genesis oh, yeah, movie that I absolutely I just hate it. I think it's the worst movie this summer. Actually, I think it's worse than Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. turning this into a hit so we're going to get a sequel probably because this needed to make $150 million there for it to get greenlit it's on its way, it made $90 million in 8 days basically outgrossing its US gross in the first week of its China release uh, sure yeah I mean, that's not, that sounds right does that just mean the sequel <laughs> then is more, it has more pandering to a quote unquote global audience are we going to get the, the well, second well you've seen it, I haven't seen it Ending wise, I mean, what do you do with the sequel? Do you can it continue on? I don't even know if I could explain to you what I saw. <laughs> I'm telling you, oh, the like timelines are so. I love the director that says, uh, "Well, we have a line in there about like quantum." You know, he throws some crazy scientific fucking mumbo jumbo out there and tries to justify. Well, if anybody picked up on that, mm-hmm. they and they did the research, they could see that we were. These seven parallel timelines. I got seven fucking parallel timelines right now I got to deal with. Wow. See, I really want to see it because I, um, yeah, I just can't imagine. Maybe at home when you can, like, stop it and di- talk about it with somebody you're watching and go, hey, where are we at? In, <laughs> I can't do that. That's horrible. Uh, because in the theater, <laughs> hey, I, I just, no. <laughs> just kind of just said, fuck it, and just looked at it visually, you know. And um, hmm. even then, it was it was stilted. And, and very dry. So, but if, hey, we're, now it's gonna be a franchise. So, uh, I, this is probably a testament for all those years that Schwarzenegger worked his fan base uh, overseas, because his movies are still making money across seas and justifying. Sure, well, but that's the whole Bruce Willis thing, right? That's why those producers would want Bruce Willis, John Cusack, and Nicolas Cage in the movies. It ain't for here. It's for selling shit over there, right? Well, you just look at something like Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. It's made $170 million here. It's made basically $100 million more than the Terminator movie. But it's mm-hmm. lagging globally because Terminator is killing it outside the U.S. Well, they just like – I mean the one thing about Asia is that they like sci-fi, right? Yeah, that's So the, that's geez. something there, yeah. That's the key there. So you'll get more Terminators, and uh, I'll be reviewing another Terminator movie soon. Yay. You don't have, you don't have to watch it. <laughs> Yes, I do. Of course, I gotta watch it. It's a fucking Terminator movie. Well, Jurassic—they re-released Jurassic Park, not Jurassic Park, but Jurassic World. Oh, did they in IMAX? That is how many things are playing right now. Yeah, they did that last <laughs> summer. To be fair, they did this last summer in the same weekend with the Turtles. Remember that they had like a week open there, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna put the Ninja Turtles back." Yeah, because there's nothing playing. Yeah, they took it because it was uh, the Man from Uncle, which I'll talk about later in the show, was the only thing on screens, and nobody was seeing that on any format. Not even yeah. bootlegs. Let's take a break, and we'll come back with uh, with our review of The Man From U.N.C.L.E. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. 
Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Hello, everybody. On behalf of Nick, Joe, and Vern, we would like to invite you back for a brand new season of the As You Watch podcast. In our upcoming season, we will be talking about franchises, trilogies, and series of movies that you will recognize and some that you may not. We will also continue to post fun and insightful interviews with many people in the world of entertainment, as well as feature a lot of great guests from other sites and podcasts. So be sure to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podomatic, and on Facebook. And don't forget to check out our older episodes on our site, asyouwatch.wordpress.com. Okay, we're back. In here. from Uncle. <laughs> All right, I saw the man from UNCLE, and um, I don't like Guy Ritchie movies. It's official. I thought what are you I did. Talking about you said you did. I'm the one that don't like doesn't like Guy Ritchie movies. I like Snatch. Oh, so fucking dumb. That's what he said, right? Um, I, uh, that's I, what I, she said. But I, it's the only good Guy Ritchie movie. It turns out. <laughs> okay. It's the only fucking good guy. The man from Uncle is uh, it's stylish. But it's really, really bad. I mean, the I can't even know where to begin with this thing. I, I've, I've tried to almost erase it from my mind. But um, <laughs> it's it's got the problem, let's just say, the most notably, of doing the Sherlock Holmes effect where you're going to now fuck no, with me no. on the narrative and you're going to jump ahead and show me something. But now you're going to cut back because that didn't really happen. Somebody was just foreseeing an event. So now i got to watch Ugh. the same fucking thing play out two times. I can't stand this narrative device that Richie's become somewhat known for. It's like his hallmark all of a sudden. He can't get away from it. And when this movie started, the first 10 minutes, I thought, okay, this looks like – now I kind of see why Soderbergh was interested in this. This looks like if Soderbergh and his Ocean's Pals took over uh, a spy movie. This is cool. But then you realize that Henry Cavill is extremely limited in his acting range. I mean, I like this guy as Superman, no. but he is still basically playing Superman. <laughs> he's not good. Uh, well, he's being he, himself. It's not um, that he's not any good. I don't why. know if these guys, him and mm. Arnie Hammer, they're reciting. I like both it, of them. Oh. I, so, I thought I did, I but they're reciting you. here. Yeah, you're right. They it's do kind of. recital. There's no investment on anything, so it all becomes yeah. an exercise, and it's too. Mm. everyone's too cool for school. Um, and it's actions, too, no, no good? Um... It's set in the yeah. old days. In the old days. <laughs> That's in the 63, okay. So the action is no good. It's just it's nothing you haven't seen before. There's nothing here mm. that says anything new. I thought Hugh Grant was going to be in it a little bit more. I actually liked what he was doing in this movie. I wish he was in it a little bit more. Um, but What? Yeah, I actually thought <laughs> Take he was Take it and this. run, Hugh. Take it and run. He should have been <laughs> Nick Cavill's role. He should have fucking said, I'm doing this shit, man. Him and Jude Law could have rocked this movie. That'd be an uh, they, interesting pair up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I really didn't care for this at all. I thought it was a, a, st- a production design triumph and everything else was a failure. So moving on from that, you saw Ex Machina, which I am I gave a rave review to, but I said fell apart in the Machina? last 20 minutes. What did you say? How do you, how do you talk about it? Yeah, um, I feel like there was a lot of movies this year that uh, – Everyone said we're fantastic and so good, and everyone went to go see them. And they're really just, you know, okay. And this was one of those, right? Did you think it fell apart in the end? Or where did you think it went wrong? Um, well, it's just, it, well, it's boring, really, to be honest with you. Um, it doesn't it really have anything to do with technology. So that's kind of a letdown. Since it's about AI and the Turing test, 
and it's just uh I don't know, you're just kind of waiting around for shit to happen and nothing really seems to happen right um i mean i don't know this guy created what a bunch of sex bots <laughs> I, it's like that's the reveal right oh my gosh he created sex bots and you think yeah, okay but why i mean yeah and well i think it was a mood piece as well i mean there's odd where was the twist everyone said there was a twist in this this is so straightforward i don't see a twist anywhere um I, I thought the odd oddities that kind of made this movie where he was such an un, I thought Oscar Isaac did a great job. because He's a very unhinged character here getting shit faced one night and working out mm. in the morning and somewhat aggressive, but then being passively aggressive. And um, I, I don't know. I thought that there was a lot going on here, but I really thought once, like you said, the reveals were happening. It, it, I, I thought it became less interesting as it went along, unfortunately. Well, I would agree. But, uh, I thought it was in minutes, in, in moments. I was really captivated by it. You weren't, huh? In moments, but that doesn't make a, a good movie. Nor does that make a, a captivating movie. You know, it, in moments is not a good thing to say. <laughs> yeah, there were moments that this movie had, but it was just, you know, like he walks. This movie can really be summed up in the one thing when he first meets um, uh, the girl, whatever the fuck the name was now, whatever the AI. Yeah. And he sees, and he's in the glass room, you know, or the plastic, whatever the hell it is. The but protection, right? Obviously, obviously a, a guard from her. And he's in this the spiderweb breaking of the glass, you know, that he notices. And he's like, "Oh my goodness, what is this?" And never, you know, just never brings it up. It just goes away. Um, you know, he never seems to. No one ever seems to ask anybody in anything. Um, it's one of those, you know, where people just be quiet about shit. And you're like, why? You don't say like why am i why is there a glass barrier here between me and this thing you don't never ask that we wouldn't have a movie it doesn't make sense though but it's like i just didn't understand it, it was you're at one at some point you're trying too hard to put suspense where there just isn't any you know All right, would you recommend it um yes but only if you because really this is a you know twilight zone outer limits episode that's what this is mm-hmm so if you liked those, then yeah, because it's really as good as any of that. Um, it just has a higher production, you know, budget and value at that point. But it's really not written any better. I still think the ending. I, I think it's very good. Up until but what don't you ending. like about the ending? Just that she left him. I didn't like the ending. I, I think it falls apart. But what, there. I think. But where? I think Why? once you. I think once you find out that uh, if we're doing spoilers here, uh, might as well. I think everyone else has seen. It. I'm the last one. Um, once you find out like what, what his intentions are and that she rebels and they get out in the free, I just thought, man, what, what's going on here? Like, why are we doing? And then she's off and, you know, like she's going to go live this, this life. It's just this, straightforward. I just didn't. I didn't. I thought All they that just, was set up. They I even thought, said it. Right? I really didn't care for it. I thought that they could have done more with the um, inventor character because there was so much. I think it was were, too small. I don't think that they were thinking big enough. I think the movie itself was, like you say, could have been better as a as an episode in like a, some sort of trilogy mm-hmm. type situation. Because at thirty minutes, that could have been a real tight little ship. But uh, yeah, I still recommend it too. So I, I like the movie, but I just I was frustrated that it, it was wasn't okay. It excellent. wasn't as good as everyone said it was. So that was the letdown for me was that it had been built up. When you talk about logic problems, and, let's talk about this uh, next movie that I'm catching up with that you saw earlier, Taken 3. <laughs> there, uh, wait, you said 
hold on. You said taken three. You said logic, and then you said taken three. I'm not the two. I don't see how that that goes together. I mean, the legs have completely fallen off this franchise. This is embarrassing. This movie is. It's so movie, bad. It's it, it's so not only. It, let, let's. I mean, this. I think you might have addressed this when you talked about it a while back. I can't recall, but. Um, if wow. the, if he had stopped, if he just didn't run initially, and yes, right. Himself, oh my god, why does no he movie. run from the cops? There's no fucking reason. Because you have no movie. He doesn't. The cops don't even do anything. They're just like they're hey, just. So, the and at some responder. point, they're like, dude, we're totally gonna figure this shit out. We're totally just want to find the fucking what's going on. And he's like, no, I will not. I'm I Liam Neeson. I karate chop. You're like what the fuck. And um, for a, for a glimmer of a second at the end, when a Porsche takes on a Cessna, I thought, okay, <laughs> now we're in some like bad boys Michael Bay territory, and it, it briefly perked up. But the acting is shit here. I mean, Liam Neeson and Maggie Grace really phoned this one in. Uh, it makes uh, really run all night, which I didn't think was all that great, look much better in comparison. He put more effort into that one, and this just is a collection of all the shit ideas that they didn't use in the other Taken movies. And there's no, nobody's Taken. It's, it's a run from the cops movie. Yeah, and I get isn't the fact. True? Isn't the wife Taken, I thought? Uh, no, the wife's killed. It's a frame Oh, job. but that's how she's Taken. Uh, her life is Taken. I get uh-huh. it. Uh, that's now what it we're, was. Now we're really clever. And honestly, <laughs> can I be honest? The, the best thing about this movie is the, um, uh-huh. there's a song called Howling <laughs> that I Shazammed <laughs> because it's on the credits. And I was like, that's a good song. The best thing I got out of Taken Three was a, a song for Spotify that I Shazam. Um, so, I, I just love that you Shazam stuff. I Shazam. I fucking run around in a goddamn superhero outfit, yelling Shazam all the time. But I don't want to tell you that. That's how I Shazam things. <laughs> just hold up your phone, Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, what song is that? Shazam. Oh yeah, so Taken Three. Stay away from that shite. Yeah, I saw Hot Pursuit, the Reese Witherspoon, Sofia Vergara film, and you and- loved it. I actually did like all this right. movie. I, I got to be honest. It's stupid. It's 87 minutes, so it's slim as all huh. hell. And um, But it's about a cop who's got to escort this cartel wife uh, to a trial. And I know it sounds lame, but the two play off each other pretty well, and the jokes work. It's it's short enough to so keep you your found attention. It funny, because people, I mean, a, a lot of critics, not funny. I, I It's not critic. I mean, it's not the kind of movie you're going to go to and be like, oh, that was just uproarious. But... For what it is, mm-hmm. and it's a lot. It's, it's well directed. I mean, a lot of times it's it's off camera things that are like ADR lines that are being thrown in there mm. or cuts. So I thought that whoever was behind this um, knew what they were doing with comedy pretty well. Ann Fletcher is the credited director, so uh, credit to her, I guess, and um, Reese Witherspoon as a producer to allow herself to look, you know, do the Sandra Bullock thing where she looks so ugly for half the movie, yeah. you know, almost like a boy, um, and then kind of sprout into the butterfly, if you will. Oh, so, uh, so we know what you think about Reese Witherspoon now. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you, you hate Sofia Vergara, and if you don't like her, I don't you're not like, like her delivery. You're not gonna like this movie. Yeah, I, mean, I don't personally hate her. I don't she's loud. Her. She does the. Yeah, she's not I obnoxious in the Chris Tucker way. Uh, but it, they make fun of her loudness yeah. here, though. I mean, it sounds like a car I'll screeching. St- I'll probably watch it. It's a movie, so I'll probably still watch it. Well, I, I mean, I give it a um, slim recommendation, um, but don't pay top dollar for it, obviously, which you can't anyway. Yeah, now it's coming on DVD, not. so lucky you people. Uh, All right. Of course not. Now the jewel of the bunch, huh? Oh, my gosh. The jewel of the bunch. I recommended this shit B movie to you last week, and um, The Bad Pack, a 1997 action thriller. <laughs> 
Robert Devai, Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, Ralph Moeller, and a slew of other people you've seen in movies that are much better. But uh, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of this thing? Yeah, I really liked it. It's um, it's essentially the, a crappy you know A team movie uh, where they kill people. Um, but it's it's awesome. You know, it's it's bad good. It's it's a guilty That's pleasure. To say about it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. And uh, if you like '90s action movies, then this is kind of the epitome of that. You can see, um, you can see where you know Expendables kind of came from. Absolutely. I mean, was Robert Devi ever cooler than in this movie? I thought he was great. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's been scarier than in this movie, but. And it's always nice yeah. to see your boy uh, Rowdy Piper doing his thing. Rowdy Piper's great. Larry B. Scott is in this. Ooh, yeah. Tom they got Speedboat I, from, <laughs> from Speed Snake Boat. Eater 2. And, uh, and from Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, I mean, Larry and B. Scott. Revenge of the Nerds, yeah. Um, Sean Huff looks great in this. Good Lord. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good movie, actually, though. It's, it's well shot for what it is. Uh, the action it it's, shows its, it's well B-movie origins. At there, there are shots that are just wow bad. In this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's part of the fun because uh, it's, it's a bad 90s movie. You can't there are, that. There's also great angles, you know, like between the leg shot mm-hmm. type <laughs> shit with the motorcycle pulling up and yeah. stupid things like that. that almost spaghetti western style. And uh, I thought this was made with very tongue-in-cheek which makes these kind of B-movies enjoyable in a lot of ways. Yep, you can find this uh, streaming for free on YouTube if you just do a search, The Bad Pack. The Bad Pack, 1997, check it out. Highly recommend it. Uh, Streaming online pick of the week. Mine is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Netflix right now. Big hit last year. And Amazon. And Amazon, excuse me. Uh, I'm sure, and on a bunch of other sites. But uh, those are the two we're mentioning here. So check it out. I like that one. one a lot. Trevor didn't care for it as much. I recommend it. What do you got? It was pretty good. You you didn't like it as much as I did, though. I loved it. I really did. Yeah. Can't wait to watch it again. Um, Well, I got um, two things. They're kind of mini-series things, but they're Lloyd Kaufman, uh, Make Your Own Damn Movie, and Direct Your Own Damn Movie. They're streaming on Amazon right now. Uh Um, And they're just, I don't know if you, you know, for people who don't know who Lloyd Kaufman is, he's the trauma guy um and he's an odd fellow but if you like movies and you like what it takes you know learning about um how to make movies and things uh this is not that this is literally if you just went out to your backyard and made a movie (laughs) (laughs) so if you really want to know like what it takes to just pick up a camera go make a movie check these out um and he's always a hoot he's he's from the corman so weird yeah exactly so very very low budget um quick get it done type stuff uh, Lloyd Kaufman is almost like if Stan Lee and Roger Corman had a baby it'd be like Lloyd Kaufman he's a strange little duck <laughs> um yeah but what's I mean, I uh, a what's good. direct your own damn movie is that part of the old, the same series um it's uh yeah it was a couple I mean these are all books um he also has a a book produce your own damn movie but I got, I don't think he made that into a uh, um a show thing but these are like uh you know, multi-disc um, sets. Uh, so there's like a couple of different uh, episodes. Uh, they're not really episodes. Lighting, but editing, the whole deal. Yeah, kind of stuff like that. But there's just sections. Um, I don't think there's it's set up like that on Amazon or whatever. I think it's just like part one or whatever. But it's interesting um, to watch, I guess. You could, uh, yeah, check it out. 
<laughs> Let's talk about these trailers. I think we got some good ones today. Oh. Is Captain not in the room? Yes, where's Captain? Where are you, Captain? Captain's having a drink somewhere. Get that son of a bitch over here. Giving us insight into the unseen movies of the future. But when they're bad, fire photon torpedoes. Shields up, red alert. Prepare for trailer addict. Okay. Picard's off his fucking game. We're over there having some Jameson. Some bitch. Um, The Challenger. What do you think about The Challenger? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah, what do you think about this challenger? Uh, you know, I think this actually looks pretty good. I'm surprised we we get a Michael Clark Duncan movie um, <laughs> again at this point. I, I didn't think that he had any left. I hate to say it. So well, that's like what that, I thought, but... too. But and you know, I'm, I'm really glad to see that it's one that he's actually really acting in as well. It's not just some little some stupid action game. movie thing. Yeah, but he's actually kind of. Uh, doing his thing and this looks I, you know for a low budget boxing movie this doesn't look bad agreed it, it shows it's even in the trailer it shows it's low budget many many times but it also has a few lines that that work it looks like the action is fairly competently handled for the most part and to see it's a Clark copy Duncan on screen as a as a mickey type boxing prino coach or and i think it, he's acting his heart out really as well uh, yeah, he looked like he was invested in the scene. He's, so really, he's saw. doing pretty good, yeah. Uh, I don't know who this kid is in the lead role, but uh, it looks I, – I like boxing movies in general, and uh, although Southpaw was, was a letdown. Uh, but this looks like it, it could be a good one. One I saw a couple of years ago was called A Fighting Man. looks similar to this. So uh, Yeah, well, these are all very much just a copy. As long as it's not – At this the, point, right? Well, the they fighting are. Tommy Riley or – well, yeah, well, but that's a homosexual movie. Yeah, but we didn't know that when we, we that no. was that was the twist. Yeah, that was the twist for me. <laughs> Do, yeah. Should I tell the story of how Jason watched? Oh, I don't know what was it like thirty minutes of this movie and then no, recommended no, it to no, me. No, 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 no. And then I watched the whole movie and it got really weird. <laughs> As in, like, There's yeah, a movie I'm talking about the coach, Tommy Riley. the coach it's... starting to, to starting to like massage the fighter, and you're just like, what? This is. This is getting weird. And then, oh, it gets weird. Uh, it, it's a legit movie. It was on a station called Ion. It's totally Ion legit. Was new. Yeah. I didn't know what Ion, Ion was. Ion is the, the first half. Channel. I told you, hey, you should watch this, this <laughs> boxing movie. It's not bad. I, as I go off to work, I get this text from you and says, hey, the movie went south on me real quick. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I go home and watch the last half of it and thought, I was horrified. I thought, geez, man, I, my bad. I didn't know. <laughs> Well, the I only I think the only issue with it, it would have been a problem if if it had been upfront with what it was, but it was it like tried to hide inside yeah, this boxing movie and it yeah, wasn't. It was, yeah, was you're like, well, this switch. is weird. This is not what I'm watching. And, and nowhere in the advertising material did it say that. Now, if that twist, I had no problem with the story, but if the twist was handled a little bit more subtly <laughs> or, or with at least artistic intention, as opposed to just being. Well, like, I just don't know why it had to why at all. For shock value, that was the whole point of that movie. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so now that we sound like assholes, let's move on and talk about the next movie. Um, what do we got here? Sir, oh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. I did not want to watch this trailer, and I watched the Red Band trailer. You didn't I don't know want to watch did. this. Did you see this? Yeah. Why, why didn't you want to watch this? Because I'm not into zombies. I don't watch Walking movies. Dead. I don't, I'm over zombies. I thought Zombieland was mildly amusing. I this love looks hilarious. Zombieland. This looks great. This looks even better than that. Um, oh my God, please. This looks, um, pretty big. Uh, this, 
how many fucking zombie movies have we seen like this at this point? You know, we're going to talk about the final girls as well. We've almost come, I think reached ahead with paying homage here to horror movies and doing this kind of stuff. While this looks good and I'll watch it, I'll watch final girls. So I'll pretty much watch anything like this. Um, it's, we're almost a parody of a parody at this point. We're just copying other. I see this is just lifting straight scenes and moments from other, you know, zombie, uh, funny movies. Yeah. But it worked in the moment, especially with the scout jokes. And, uh, yeah, I like the casting here uh, and I like teen comedies and you know, it's a good blend horror and, uh, and comedy is a good blend, but. I don't I know. agree, though. I think we've hit the zenith on zombie movies. Oh, on zo- yeah, just in general. Next up, we have Z for Zacharias, low-key sci-fi. Do you think apocalypse. this was a zombie movie? Uh, I didn't know what this was. Yeah, when it started, I thought it was <laughs> The Road. Uh, and by the time it ended, it sounded like The Gift. So <laughs> Chris Pine, um, Clifton Elijahata, I can't even say the guy's name. Yeah, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel and, um, and and some broad. I don't know who the broad was. Um, uh, but the movie, you know the looks... Brad, Margot Robbie, is that who it was or Margot? I think it's Margot. No wonder I liked her. Uh, she's great. Yeah, she's like great. I liked her in Focus a lot. Um, this looks good, but it looks also all over the place. This, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought at first this looked good until I realized it was just a love triangle. Which that's is all me. this movie is, though. It doesn't appear to be anything else. Um, so, you know, I don't know. There's personally, I've watched the show last man's, um, on earth and I'm, you know, pretty much good with that. I don't really need a serious version. Yeah. Post-apocalyptic love triangle (laughs) is interesting in a short form. Not in this. I would agree as well. Or maybe uh, maybe this is based on the book. Maybe it works there, but to take, to try to overshadow the post-apocalyptic stuff with a love triangle seems maybe, I don't know, a bit much. Uh, Chris Pine looks like he's doing some interesting work here, though, and I like the fact that he's trying to dirty up his image and do a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Well, we can tell him how risky. to dirty up his image, all right. Well, it, it almost reminded me of uh, Brad Pitt trying to do some shit like California back in the day, when he's just trying to get away bit. from. He's supposed to be a maybe a murderer or something. Yeah, we don't know. He's a shady guy. Next, we have the final girls, which is. Very reminiscent of a movie that we talked about a while back, which was the one, um, I can't think of it, Bro Party Massacre. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? It yeah, was, Bro Party reminisc- Massacre, the third. Yeah, that's what this reminded me of. This is about a group of moviegoers that are seeing a, re- a revival, it looked like. I like guess some sort of like a 25th mm-hmm. anniversary or something of a horror classic, and they somehow get caught up in the movie. Yeah, the theater catches the on fire, and they, they go through, they cut the screen open to escape the fire and go through the screen, and they enter into the movie great and setup. it's a well-known like, movie like it's kind of like, a, like this adjacent type thing one of the uh kids mother was a was one of the actresses in the movie who she never met apparently yeah uh so there's a lot of interesting shit going on in it and they play up you know they're stuck in the movie so when the movie goes into flashback they get stuck in the flashback and when the movie goes slow motion they they, they go slow motion and uh stuff like that so no, no, it looks it could be uh, good. Uh, but once again, I'm at kind of my wits end at this whole look how cool we are. Well, me too. That's what I'm saying about this, the other that. one. And, but this, I like this idea I of still this whole last this. action hero meets um, horror yeah. movies. And I like Adam Devine, who's you know, the kid from Workaholics. He looks hilarious in this. Sure. I mean, Melon Ackerman's so great. Um, 
uh, needed to breathe is, is never yeah, bad. Great. So, uh, See, I, I'm, I, I'm saying I'm not, I'm not fully ready to f- just totally complain about this stuff at this point, but it is kind of starting to get on my, isn't it getting on your nerves a little bit to keep seeing these movies like this? Cause they're a really cookie cutter. I know everyone thinks they're being super smart and original, but they're just, they're really not. It's becoming redundant. In, oh yeah. In I can't differentiate which one is which at this point. Cause I've seen a lot of trailers like this. All right, next we have Love the Coopers. This is... We, we have to have, once a year, don't we have to have a shitty Christmas movie? <laughs> right. A crappy holiday movie that you know is going to fail? That has to have a trailer come out around September to remind you that summer is officially fucking over <laughs> and that you got a Christmas movies on the way. And it has to have Diane Keaton in it. I believe that that's another thing. Yeah, this was the script that Meryl Streep said no to, so they go immediately to Diane Keaton. <laughs> of course, she said yes. Uh, this thing... Where do we go with this thing? Uh, obviously, they're shooting for the Family Stone audience, which they reference yeah, in the producer Yeah, I know. Well, didn't you feel? That was the first, that was actually came to my head. So I, when they saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. What came to my head is like, what, is Tim Allen busy? What, is Meryl Streep busy? Like, <laughs> you know, like, okay, we got John Goodman, who doesn't look right. I think he's got jaundice. And you, you got <laughs> Diane Keaton. He looks fine. Oh, Christ. And you All got right. Diane Keaton, who looks like a Sharpay. I mean, this is not good. The only thing we got working here is one line uh, by Olivia Wilde, who who makes a moderately funny comment at the very end of the trailer. But the the Marissa Tomei shoplifting couldn't we get that played by Winona Ryder and just that have been like true to life? I mean, I don't. I, this trailer sucks. Yeah. I mean, what do you? Yeah, I can It's just that it's that family. It's that shitty family. You know, holiday movie. They 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 have to make this. This is like cinema porn. Um, this is terrible. I they have it. to make this. They're I'll contractually obligated um, to release one of these per studio. But it's just shitty. Um, but I like shitty movies. I think it's a great cast. Waste. I mean, wasted. Um, I haven't yeah. seen the fucking movie. But, but wasted. But wasted. that's how most of it is, you know. Stranded. Although the Family Stone, I, just, I thought was good. Family Stone's like, shitty, man. But great cast. But it's it's not bad. But it's shitty. I mean, you know, for that kind of film, I, I you can't. Was, uh, for that above. kind of film, for the going home for the holidays type movie, I liked it. It's shitty. I I, I don't know how to. Well, I'm not going to sit here and stump for Family Stone. I, I don't know how to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I want you to. I want you to fight for it. I'm going <laughs> to hold the DVD next to my pillow and just just comfort oh. me with it. I know that I'm right. Fight for that horse face girl. Oh my goodness. Your boy You know what the funny thing about this is I'm <laughs> defending a Luke Wilson movie. And you fucking love Luke Wilson. You will watch any Luke Wilson movie. Love it most likely. It's true. I know. Does that does that extend to Owen Wilson as well? Uh sure. A little is bit. It, so it's a Wilson Brothers thing? Might be. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if it was just your boy Luke there. Have you seen Home Fries? Yeah. You seen Home Fries? I've seen Home Fries. It's not Fuck. good though. You are a Luke Wilson fan. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm done with my conversation. That, that ended it right there. You got me. You win, sir. You win. Well played. Uh, that's gonna wrap up episode 281 over here with the movie Mavericks. <laughs> Speaking for Trevor Anderson, aka Luke Wilson's number one man. You got your boy over here, Jason Rugard. We are the movie Mavericks. We'll talk to you soon.
Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage!